my heartbeat is literally to teach the world, to put out a message uh, that would be a better understanding of the human spirit and of a spiritual worldview. As a culture, and in fact, you know, multiple cultures, Western culture, and Western culture has tended to teach theology to the world. We've taught a religion pretty much that ignores the human spirit and ignores a spiritual approach to God. So much of what I'm trying to do is just waken up what's in the scriptures. It's, it's Jewish. It's biblical. Waken up that part of the scriptures that is biblical in a way that changes our understanding of human beings and how they function. That's just incredibly powerful when you begin to understand it and take it one step farther. It's not even just powerful. It actually simplifies things. Over and over again, I have people talking to me going, wow, you're deep. No, I'm not deep. I'm just speaking from a different worldview. And it's just like when you shift languages, when you're trying to learn a new language, it's confusing for a period of time. But when you actually start understanding a spiritual worldview, there's so many things that are confusing that we strain all kinds of different directions, trying to come up with an explanation and understanding for them and you shift to a spiritual worldview, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that makes sense. That works. I've found that working with addicts. When I'm working with addicts, and I'm looking at all of these things, everything from PTSD to depression to just the different addictions, all of that, so much of that, if you're looking from a spiritual worldview, you can look at them and listen to them and identify spiritual factors, tell them, hey, here's this thing. I want you to pay attention to this. And it all of a sudden, it starts to make sense. And there's an authority that's exercised there that has the power to change things. That's one of the reasons that I got into working with addicts. I wanted to know that the spiritual worldview, go back to Jesus' words in the Bible. It's actually not Jesus' words, but a description of Jesus where it says, he didn't walk and talk like the Pharisees, but he walked and talked as someone who had authority. When you're walking in a spiritual worldview and you're exercising truth and a real kind of spiritual authority, there's the power to bring change. And in our culture, what happens in Christianity? So often it's like, well, I'll pray for you and we'll hope that something happens. And there's almost no confidence in our ability to bring spiritual change. Why? We're not connected at that spiritual level. There's not an intrinsic authority coming out of our spirit to a person or to a situation. When that's not happening, there's no power. There's no authority. And then we get the outcome that we see in our society where what? Christianity doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel powerful. It's kind of like, well, that's this magical religion over there that has no power. You just go off into your church and you do whatever you want in your church. But I'm over here in real life. When you start understanding a spiritual worldview and you start exercising godly spiritual authority through your spirit in a powerful way to where the whole man is being used and not just the intellectual man and not just the emotional man, when you start exercising real spiritual authority in a powerful way, it will change things. This is the kind of thing that I interact with with people and over and over again, I, I see people, hear people go, wow, where did that come from? How did I not see that before? 
That's deep. That's complex. No, it's just understanding a spiritual worldview. So we're going to take some time to lay some of this out for you and help you begin to see this is kind of what it looks like from a biblical model that is coming out of Jesus' day, Jewish thought, that actually believes in the human spirit, believes in the human spirit's ability to connect with God, drink in life from God, and then walk through life with a different level of authority than we typically see in Christianity today. I hope this is kind of a challenge. It's just a good uh, warm-up, if you will. It's a good introduction, but you almost need to see this and hear this to understand the rest of what I teach. As time goes on, we'll expound it more and more. In fact, every topic I teach, every topic I teach is infused with a spiritual worldview instead of, well, just try to think better thoughts or try to cleanse your emotions. No, Everything is infused with God's Spirit connecting with our spirit, pouring life through us so that what? We become authoritative life givers in the way that we live. That's a different life than I see most Christians living. I hope you'll join us for this kind of an adventure as we pursue a spiritual worldview that can and will change things. How do we start to understand this spiritual worldview? Well, let's just start with a simple example, and that's John the Baptist. John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. In the current worldview, how do you make sense of that? In the current worldview, you hear a presentation of the gospel, you think it over, you make a decision for Christ, and that's how God interacts with us. Well, how could John the Baptist be filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb? Take it one step farther. When Jesus' mother, Mary, comes to meet Elizabeth, the baby, John the Baptist, in the womb leaps. The baby in the womb recognizes Mary approaching. There's a spirit-to-spirit thing that's going on here. Look at this interaction that's very clearly described in Scripture. How do you account for any of that in the current model? And the answer is, you don't. So what changes here is if you go back to Psalm 139 and you talk about God literally fashioning the person, the real person as that spiritual man, the real person as that invisible creation, and then the language says, and this is interesting, he covers the baby. He covers the real person in the womb, that spiritual man. He covers that real person with what? With a body. Isn't that language interesting? You've got this deeper person that is God-breathed. What happens? We see this over and over again in Scripture. God literally breathes life into the individual, and that breath becomes some kind of a spiritual being, a creation that is functioning literally from conception. Now think about that. If you have a little baby that's functioning from conception, this just changes everything in terms of understanding, and it actually fits very well with what science has discovered. You've got this little baby with this functioning spirit from the very beginning. What happens? Mother is going through all kinds of different things, and maybe she's fearful. Well, when she's fearful, what's happening? 
that fear is dumping on or interacting with that baby, and it's already having this dynamic process that's going on where there's a spiritual shaping going on in that little baby, even before the baby has developed the level of brain function to where it really can be recorded at a brain level. This is what I believe because it's what Scripture teaches, that the Spirit is God-breathed and is functioning from the beginning. It takes a while for the body to catch up. You know, you're three, you're four, you're five, you're six. Somewhere in there, abstract reasoning begins to function, and then our memory is able to start catching up with certain kinds of things. But what does a person do about all of those things that happen, quote, pre-memory? And what I believe when you look at a spiritual worldview, what I believe is you've got that functioning spirit that's already being shaped. It's already interacting with mama. It's already interacting with dad and, and the basic environment even all the way back in the womb, that's part of why the personality, which science will tell you, is significantly shaped by the time the child is one year old. We don't even have language yet. We don't even have the kinds of things that you would think would shape the character of a person. And yet, all of a sudden, we've got this fully shaped person. Now, think about all this and listen to it. It just does, it fits with science. It fits with what we know. It fits with what we understand, but it certainly doesn't fit with a mind-centered worldview, which is what we have so far. Let's move from this basic understanding of a God-breathed spirit that is functioning early on in the mother's womb. You've got this little baby that's interacting with its environment. You've got this kind of function going on. Let's fast forward from there to what I deal with a lot, which is addiction and dysfunction and people who are struggling. That shaping that went on in the womb was incredibly real. It's incredibly powerful. And in fact, here's what I also believe, that the spirit realm is deeper, more powerful. So the thoughts tend to reflect what's going on on the inside more than it tends to control what's going on in the inside. So I've got a, a, someone who's six years old, who's been shaped by fear and by fear and by fear and by fear. That child walks into a classroom, guess what? They're going to be incredibly sensitive to things going on in their environment. So I'm walking into a classroom, incredibly sensitive. I've got this fear thing and, and it's shaped me. And so I'm kind of on edge walking in there. It doesn't take much of a comment. It doesn't take much of a maybe two, three, four other kids in the classroom who what? They're also shaped by fear. Now, their fear, I'm very attentive to that, and attention and focus is very, very important in terms of spirituality. So my spirit, not necessarily even my mind, my spirit instantly has that radar out, and it's beginning to pick up on, oh, there's fearful person on aisle one, so to speak, and aisle two, and aisle three, and, and I'm picking up on all that. That person who has that kind of sensitivity, which partially comes out of the shaping through the years, that person who has that sensitivity, all of a sudden they begin to feel the fear of multiple people in that classroom. Now, what do you think that child's experience in the classroom is going to be look like compared to the child who's grown up in a much more of a loving, reassuring environment, and he's grown up and he's been 
He's had that that assurance over and over again, and everything. Every time something difficult comes into his life, guess what? Love shows up. Mercy shows up. There's a coming alongside. There's a walking through. That same that child now walks into the classroom. What kind of experience is that child going to have in the classroom? Why don't you just think about that? I have two kids walking into the classroom, and let's just say to to make it easy. Let's just say both of them were created absolutely identical. Now, that never happens. Every one of us are unique creations, so so that doesn't work. But for theory right now, and to follow through our experiment, we've got two kids walking in the classroom. One of them's picking up on fear, fear, fear. The other one's just seeing this kid who's laughing and having fun. He's probably picking up on that, and he's thinking about, how can I connect with that individual? This, this is going to be fun, and we're going to have good relationships. If you begin to understand, all of this is happening at a subconscious level. All of this is a part of spiritual function. John the Baptist was what? Filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. He experienced life from a completely different perspective than anybody who had been born up to that point in time. By the same token, this child who walks into the classroom, having been spiritually shaped over a period of years, his experience is completely different. If we're not even aware of the spiritual man, if we're not understanding any of this stuff, how are we supposed to be able to help people? And frankly, that's part of what I do. When I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm listening to people and I'm talking to people, I'm, I've, I've got that ear up going, what's going on spiritually in this person's life? And a lot of times you can pick up on jealousy or shame or condemnation or, or fear or any of these kinds of different things. Once you see what I call a spiritual flow, what happens, you know a lot about that individual. You know a lot about how they're going to respond to life, how they're going to respond to people. So you can immediately begin to give them feedback about what's going on in their life. And also you can begin to give them wise counsel because God has solutions for fear. God has solutions for shame. God has solutions for jealousy. By understanding the spirit realm and what's happening in the spirit realm, you and you immediately have a much greater power working with people, interacting with people, praying for people. It's just an amazing tool that I find very few people are aware of and certainly not skilled in using as they're praying with people, counseling with people, and teaching and training them. Now, if you're wondering, how do I begin to understand this stuff? We actually started the podcast in the first several episodes that we did talked about some of these kinds of things. It talked about how do we deal with fear? How do we, we deal with rebellion? How do we deal with lust? How do we deal with all these different things? So there's already some material out there on our earlier podcasts that really talk about these specific areas. But when you take the idea of the spiritual man into account, it changes everything. And the biggest thing is this. Human beings were made to connect with God, and they were made to connect with other people. When we live totally out of a mind world, we miss so much. We're we're missing the major part of what's going on in a person. 
We're missing major parts of what's actually being sent back and forth. And, and I would highlight just the, the thing called body language. We, a lot of times, we instinctively are perceiving things from other people. We're sending stuff back and forth in different kinds of directions. It's at a subliminal level. It's at a subconscious level. So a lot of times we don't understand what's going on. We're just responding as human beings. And that's what human beings do. And to be honest, a lot of times people get weirded out when they're around me after I've talked about some of this kind of stuff. That's what I do. When I'm dealing with a person, I deal with a person. I can go into that more counselor mode where I'm doing some analyzing. I'm saying, okay, what's going on here spiritually? What's the message? Why is the message not going through? You can drop into that, or I can drop into that, and I can analyze situations. But mostly, as a human being, what do I do? I just live. I live with people. I talk to people. I listen to people. I interact with them. God has created us as human beings to respond as a whole person. Let's go back to Jesus' idea. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. More than anything else, we're a whole person. We're not just a spirit person. The spirit interacts with the mind. It interacts with the emotions. The emotions and mind and the will, they interact back and forth with the spirit. We're a whole person. So part of being healthy is just relaxing, being authentic, being real. But there is also this invisible part of the spirit that we've really become oblivious to. And if we can raise that part up in our understanding, I believe that you'll find you're able to be more effective in the lives of others. You'll be able to have healthier relationships. When you understand that, oh, this part of my life, this this spiritual part isn't healthy, and it's giving out a bad message, and then after it gives out a bad message, then I tend to get these kind of reactions back from the other people. When we understand those dynamics, we're able to look at it at ourselves and at life a little more analytically, see what needs to be changed, and make those appropriate changes. Once we're able to make the appropriate changes, there's, there's a kind of power introduced. There's a, I talk about all things work by spiritual authority. Ultimately, all spiritual authority is exercised what? Through the body. It's exercised in words. It's exercised in actions. And that's another way that I feel like what I teach is different. A lot of times when you hear about spirituality, it's, it's more of a yoga or more of an Eastern meditation type of a mindset where it's like the body doesn't matter. In biblical spirituality, the body matters intensely. What's happening at the spirit level, those fear things, guess what? Guess how I address them? I address them through the words of my mouth. I address them through actions. So again, Jesus teaches, the Bible teaches a holistic spirituality. That's part of why I believe Jesus uses the word heart, where all of this is one combined whole, and to get better, to grow, to be a whole person, it has to be your whole heart, which is your whole person. Again, these are ideas of spirituality that are thoroughly biblical, but we haven't understood them to a great degree, and so we've tended to pursue God with our minds, or we've tended to pursue God with our emotions, and it's been a hollow faith, it's been inauthentic, and more than anything, it's lacked power. One of the things that I want to be able to say as as I've lived for Christ and as I go through my life is that at the end of my life, I want to know I've been effective. That's why we call it effective heart change. 
I want to know that I've made a difference, that I've lived out my purpose. And I believe one of the best ways to do that is to learn this information about spirituality, how it functions, how it affects other people, how it can change lives. I want to challenge you to continue to join with us. If you do join with us, you're going to learn about these areas. And I do believe it can make you more effective as you reach out to others, as you're in your house, as you're a married person, as you're whatever. Whatever role you're in, good spirituality creates better connectedness with God and with people, and that makes for a better life. So please join us in the journey. We're going to continue to give you more insights into what it looks like to be a spiritual person in a healthy way. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We'll see you next time. Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.